This is Date Night Behind the Screens. This has been a critical role moment. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. It's good stuff. Now let's talk about our dumb character. <laughs> <laughs> All of my characters who suck at doing anything they're supposed to be good at. It's and weird. And it doesn't works, count. Right? Well, that 20s. That happens to me with most of my characters, except for Vryn. Vryn did it perfectly where it was expected to happen. I think that's why Vryn's my current favorite character. But... Yeah, you had some real nice uh, uh, sessions with yeah. your with your monk. Yep. But I, sometimes I feel like that, that's the, almost the point, is that you have this thing of, like, you built a character one way, and then you instantly, you have built-in subversion into the system because you have a chance to fail. Mm-hmm. You have stuff that's plus 11, plus 12, and you're like, oh, I rolled a 2. I know. It's still not good enough. It's, you know? it's one of the better moments in our um, podcast, but... The, the the athletics check on the stairs for Lemon Crew, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't that episode hasn't come out yet? But you know, sure. you've got two dwarven, you know, martial class, you know, going up a flight of stairs. We rolled a nat one on the athletics check, both of us. <laughs> so we were, we got to the top yeah, of the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, if you don't stop and take a breather. You, I'm going to make you roll for, against exhaustion. <laughs> I killed a dragon, but I can't climb a flight of stairs without getting winded. We had a, we had a tabaxi in a game. Yeah. Couldn't climb a wall. Couldn't do it. <laughs> just couldn't do it. And it was just the weirdest thing. It was like session one. You know, I think we started at level five just yeah. to get, you know, just to do a, a, like a few aim one shot. And no, no, couldn't climb a wall. It was a weird. And like they have climbing. They have a climbing speed. Yeah. They, they couldn't get purchased. They kept falling. And you're like, I, this is hilarious, but like, also, like, you have to make the determination. Like, when do you move the point, the the plot device along? All right, right. you get it up the freaking wall. <laughs> <laughs> I take, I take ten, and I do it. Okay. <laughs> so, who wants to know what? Potato crew arc, the what fall is... of Chiron. I have, I, I know, I have an, a question. I have a question. It's for Josh. Okay. Yes. Oh. What happened in your session zero? I haven't listened to it oh, yet. Yeah. Oh, in my session zero, um. I don't remember. Um, if I if I rem- if I do remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, and I'll probably miss some stuff. But I, I recall floating in the darkness and void of space, and that was the word interloper was was mentioned many times then, um, and it was almost to me felt like it was um, Thute becoming recognized. That was almost his pull from power initially was like, you know, a great old one would never care that it was some of its power was trickling into this thing. But something else in the world must have been happening that made this being pay attention. And I don't think it was Thoot, but I think that it was whatever else was going on, whatever play was going on in the background. And then suddenly he's like, oh, what's this little peon doing? You know, and so I get brought into these dreams and it's made aware. It wasn't probably the first time he's had that type of experience or that dream, but it's the first time it was like interactable. It's kind of how I felt that. Um, But yeah, when when I sat down and I think that was the first word was interloper. That was the first one that I remembered, at least. And I was like, damn. I was like, okay, here we go. We are going to play this route. Um, and I know that... Um, oh, and then I got caught. Yeah. So Because I was, ex- I, was ex- in the, ex- I was in the prison. Expounding on that a little bit, I tried approaching the, the Great Old One's mind as not being something that was very direct. I tried playing as very fractured. It hadn't actually noticed you in your session zero, but the echoes of its mind 
going through your power was what the whispers that you originally started hearing, and then it turned much more direct, like two or three games in. Yeah, is when it finally kind of. Oh, I think, this is here. Yeah, I think Interloper came up again and some other vision you had, because I think I remember Mike saying that yeah. at some point, because that sounded familiar to me, too. But I, I remember, because we, we discussed the laying in the cold, dark cell, and we, it was originally, I think, intended as a as a negative descriptor. But you, you tried. But I was like, no, in, he would have loved that. It was, you know, that's that's his style. You, as an adventurer, tried getting in the front gates of an incredibly closed off and oh yeah, you know, I made fun of the guard. Xenoph- xenophobic city and didn't look that strong yeah right and that i think he called like a fat ass or something (laughs) like that yeah it was it was the the mockery of the establishment because i mean that was the thing that i was reading in like a goliath Mm -hmm. background is like they don't care so much about your family lineage or like male or female it's are you the right person for the job and there is an understanding that maybe you might not be physically the strongest but are if you're not the strongest you must be the best at it you must be the, the the wisest or the most smart or whatever. Mm. So it's a matter of aptitude that they really, as a tribe, kind of work at. So I felt felt like mocking a sheriff, a guard, a head guard, Captain. whatever, yeah. was was kind of in that how to get into the prison. And uh, your your session zero was actually the first appearance of another one of my NPC characters, uh, Sabine Greycastle. She was the little girl that turned your magic off temporarily. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> I was trying to get you into the audience with the the duke, and I didn't know if you were going to try to summon summoning an axe or whatever. So. As you do, right? You. So if they were if they were trying to lock down a high value target, that's what Sabine's. They've actually faced Sabine in another one shot that I've done. Yeah, back in the fifteen years ahead of Potato Crew, yeah, mm-hmm. like that timeline of the regular campaign. Yeah, because she hates Malik Malicus, and she's been trying to kill him for years. Yeah, she, her first her first uh, introduction was was in your session zero. Funny. I'd be interested in. I mean, I, I know maybe people have already listened to the session zeros, even though we haven't. But like, when you first played Marina, and you, I don't know exactly what the encounters were for you with Marina. Like, what was. Uh, what what things were you still working on with the character? What did you already have squared away, and what did Mike surprise you with? Maybe was still working on the accent. Sure, because <laughs> that was much more different than I've ever used before. Mm-hmm. And as is well known with Kira, I have a hard time accepting voices and just running with it because they change so much, as evidenced with Blarg. <laughs> <laughs> Literally mid session, changing the entire yeah. But. I had the general story idea, and I was not, I wasn't really sure what Callum's thing was. I didn't know if he was just playing her because, oh, well, she was important to whatever was going on, which we never did figure out. But you can ask him. Yeah. Plan to. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know if she really cared because at that time she didn't want to deal with this history that her mother kept trying to pound into her head. And had Marina killed some of the people on her list before the start of the campaign? I in thought... session zero. Oh, okay. oh, that wasn't in the backstory. So in, session... I wanted her to have a very personal understanding of how she killed each one of these targets because okay. I wanted it. the The list was extremely important to her, so I wanted her to have, I wanted her, Amy, to have a, um, 
in the, like a, a visualization of what it was like when you killed each one of these people. In your mind, how long, <clears throat> or in the story you talked about with Mike, how long was it that Marina started looking for these people before like Session Zero came up? Hmm. Uh, session Zero yeah. is when she found her daughter dead, made oh. the deal. Okay. <laughs> came a... out from said room where her daughter was and saw Callum and one of the other people on the list, and oh, okay. she attacked them both, and Callum slipped out. Yeah, Marina had, you know, just a pretty normal servant quality level life until like the last four or five weeks, and then just one thing after the other. She's gone through a lot in a very. I was gonna say, I thought it was a, a longer time. Oh, no, it was. Her, yeah. It was like. She woke up one day, found this secret chamber, dead daughter, dagger, and then <laughs> lit the place on fire, and then... Ran away. The very next day, she found herself to Eichnir and started knocking off targets. It was the day after. A day or two, I think I put in there like a week or something. Maybe a week. Yeah, it and was a very went, short time period. Went into the brothel, or whatever, where you were, mm-hmm. and killed the Vice Brothers, because mm-hmm. went, when, when Marina went into the room, one of them's like, you're too old. Yeah. And killed both of them and set the room on fire. Yeah, I thought that was an older wound that Marina had. I didn't realize how fresh it was. Mm-hmm. That could say a lot for the for the resting bitch face reason. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's a fair amount of like disassociation that she would be going through. Yeah, the quiet the, the quiet mannerisms were very appropriate for for the very fresh holy shit trauma that she was still going through. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It was cool that we didn't know, though, exactly everything that had gone on, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think. That's part of why I didn't want to listen to Session, G- Session <clears throat> Heroes. Yeah, and that's nice because we had such a long time before there's a chance that we would even release them that we could do that, and you didn't have to listen to them to edit them or anything. So that was cool. It was hard not to listen to them because I did go back and listen to some of the other episodes before we played two weeks ago. I had listened to like half of or more of what we had recorded, and yeah... Uh, our accents definitely changed too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew mine would. Because I, I, mine was. Uh, I knew where I wanted it. It didn't come out right to begin with, so I just let that one ride. And then there were a few weeks, and it slowly. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I found it! Crap! No, no!" Because <laughs> I, I was even mentioned last time I was here. They were like, "And your 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 accent changed." And I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, it so didn't. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I did I am. Wow. campaign, Bob person- Gold- Bobcat Goldthwait. Man, man, I tell you, personality was consistent though. That's the important part. Yeah. Uh, I do have one NPC. Maybe one day you'll get to hear him. I'm not going to do him now. There are people that have played with me still. Silly, just go, please, God, no. <laughs> yeah, we've got those. <laughs> Mine's just a, a lowly. Radio disc jockey. Oh, rock on. Yeah. Oh, he does. <laughs> he does. So my character voice I got from a friend in one of my groups. She's from Bulgaria. Okay. So I had her send me clips of her saying some of the stuff so that I could copy it. And by the end, I sent her the long paragraph that I had prepared to confront Callum with and had her say it. And so then I just kept practicing that for like a week so I could get it and sent her a clip and says, how does this sound? It's like... If I didn't know better, I'd think you were my neighbor from down the street. Not bad, not bad. Uh, Plus, this is such a different character for me to play. The whole vengeance thing. Yeah, Yeah. and it's at the same time you're playing Trixie, who's kind of not exactly carefree anymore. 
because yeah. of circumstances, but Still by comparison, I feel like you should give that suggestion to that Olsen sister that plays the Scarlet Witch because you know she started off with a strong accent <laughs> and uh, wow, yeah. yeah, instantly Americanized. Yep. <laughs> oh, my brother's dead. I'm fine. <laughs> America now. <laughs> Yo. Got something for Mike? Yes. What was the reason? For the scene. What was with her family's blood? What were, what was she trying to summon, or her oh, family trying to summon? What that? were they trying to summon? Okay. So. Because I never got answered. Several uh, hints have been dropped throughout the campaign, but I'll, I'll put it all together. Um, <clears throat> many thousands of years ago. As with most, and some of this is open to interpretation because it's not my world. Um, at one point in time, a long time ago, the horrible creatures that exist in the outer the outer planes were much more connected to the mortal realm. Where these things were banished into the void or the ether or, or, or whatever whatever the, the extra dimensional space is called, um, <clears throat> happened within this region that you guys have been exploring all campaign. Mm. The desert temple was the physical location where the thing got sucked into the void. So that black, tarry, sandy area was what's left of the, 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 the portal through which it was ejected out of the mortal realm. Chiron, there were a couple of perception rolls that didn't go the way that would have lent more to this. Chiron was the lock. The city was founded upon the principle of it being the last bastion, keeping these things where they're supposed to be instead of in the mortal realm. So <clears throat> the wheel hub that I kept alluding to. I felt like it was 13 ghosts. To a point, yeah. I mean, in, very, a, in, very a, in a way. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It could interlock I think and 13 change. ghosts was much more complicated than my version but but in that same thing well like the the spokes of the wheel they can move and you can change and it's a it's a locking hub kind of thing right like a tumbler yeah exactly yeah that's so the if if and i actually had this mapped out if marina had died and her body was placed on that altar the spokes and the the hubs on the wheel would start to turn and then you guys had a certain number of rounds Mm -hmm. to either restore her to life or close the portal um close the yeah what's left of the portal um the way the portal closed was dispelling the magic on the stone either dispelling the magic there were hit points on the stone your non-magical attacks did nothing your magical attacks were slowly chipping away at the health pool and i was going to say because i didn't have any npcs that had dispel magic and i didn't know if any of you guys did so well, eventually my axe would have gotten it then. Right. Eventually it would have. I, <laughs> I gave it, I gave it 500 health. You guys had it down to like <laughs> four. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. too many times, like four sixty something or yeah. other, but, um, it happened. Um, but so, so the lock would have been turning very soon. This, this thing, when, when the prince killed his father, is when the door cracked open a bit. You know, the king died, the beam of light comes up or down or whatever. 
and destroys the the castle and flares outward and that's what started the destruction of the city so the king did die right then the king did die right then would we have found him if we looked around in that room no the the castle was pretty much gone pulverized yeah at that point your family back when brightburn sitting there behind like back when the back when the the creatures were sealed into these outer planes weren't so much part of a cult but they were more along the lines of they felt that was the more natural order of things mortals mortals need gods to rule over them and at the time the people only knew these violent sociopathic uh, cosmic horror versions of gods kinds of things the the dream that the two of you and you would have had, but you weren't at that session, um, <clears throat> where you morphed into these different creatures, that was just reality for these people. That was their you know, existence. You could, be, you're, you're, you, you could be crushed or killed or maimed or, or warped at any given moment uh, based upon the will of a horrible psychopathic creature. Fitting with cosmic horror themed. It's not that they're evil, it's they're just... It's literally something so, you can't uh, comprehend right. or understand. Yeah, yeah. Un- unknowable mm-hmm. in their motivations. So <clears throat> Chiron was the lock. The desert temple was where they were ejected. But attempting to break the lock was the thing trying to come through directly over top of Chiron, which would have been its waypoint that it could get through. Mm-hmm. Um, so your family was exiled from the city as traitors as, as in, in mass and became that sort of nomadic group offshoot. And he wrote that part because I just said, maybe they're gypsies or something? Yeah. At that point, you had the defenders of Chiron were the families that remained, and which was the prince and his family, Callum, and the wheel can only be started again if those defenders are picked off and blood directly put on the altar. That's what cracks the seal. What fully opens the door is the blood of one of the loyalists, cultists which were your family would that had been exiled that's why your family was specifically sought out to be servants for the montrose estate at first know that at the time callum was a boy at the time because you said that your your mother had been so callum was a, a child this was just the environment that he was raised in and didn't really come to understand was evil until the night that he unwittingly killed your daughter so the slaying of your daughter sealed their pact, but they didn't do it right because they sort of began to understand that their actions were originally, they were just trying to gain power to overthrow the king, to have um, a very short-sighted version of peace and prosperity with their kingdom. Only then did they realize that the benefactor was actually setting them up for cosmic doom. That's why they broke their pact. Go in for the kingdom, stay for the cosmic doom. Well, yeah, that's that's the way that that all plays I, out. I have a question that's related to that and the finale and all that stuff. Right. So, like, what would have happened if Marina killed the prince with her dagger? His blood would have been siphoned out, like all the others. And you wouldn't have had to have gone through the whole mist nonsense because that dagger was specifically created to kill creatures of these pacts yeah, because we, we had a crazy convoluted plan of yes, getting rid of the dagger we did right although really wasn't convoluted it was genius so I'll, I'll say a, a, a better word 
I think the way it ended was letting him make it a packed weapon. Yeah, because yeah. I got I got asked, can you put something in a different dimension? I said, no. Well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes. Because I had to think about it. I was like, actually, yeah. If you yeah, give me I, I totally can. Yeah. Um, and I can vamp it out, but then I can't really do anything with it. I would have just brought it back and attacked. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Amy. I was like, oh, there's something you can do to like put something away in a harmless demiplane somewhere, like an item. I don't know if banishment can do it or not, and I never went back and looked. And a bag of holding could do it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. That's what I did say. Is that yeah. oh, she needs well, we a bag of holding, one. right? Trixie so we, needs one. We were trying to think if you know if the dagger could go somewhere. What if she had killed the like if she had finished the list? Was that of open stuff, or did she have to go and die? Her contract with the benefactor is that if she finished her list, that's the end of the contract. She would have gotten to keep her powers and the protection afforded. Really? Mm-hmm. We should have killed I was that guy. Her. I was going to say there there would still be a chance to do that, but you guys did kill the prince, the, yeah. the non-way that he wanted you to, and he was very specific about using the dagger. Yep, yeah, we would so. have been in some way, would we have been feeding power to the benefactor or just revenge? He uses pieces of himself to give power. and <clears throat> recollecting them? It's, yeah, it's, it's collections, essentially. Yeah. Um, in fact, even him giving power to the lords of Chiron, who were fulfilling his purpose, the, the prince, for that matter, and him giving power to Marina at odds as sort of a collections agent, which she didn't fulfill either, was him even putting his own power into two opposing forces. Mm-hmm. But when he made the deal with Marina, the prince was still set against killing his father. It wasn't until the curse had progressed further within him that he lost his humanity and became receptive to the whole plan. Yeah, how did he become a vampire? That was the power that was given him. Each one, each one of them was given a different set of powers. Marina's was werewolf at the beginning, right? Yeah. The Vice Brothers were monstrous in their own regard, although they were more insect-like than they were um, anything else. Um, I remember one was fat and one was skinny. Right. the, The fat one was more of a grub. The skinny one was more of like a hornet kind of. Um, <clears throat> I guess I had to put that uh, together in my head. <laughs> Van, Van was a her her stat block was a spider assassin of Wolf, so that's where her powers were leading mm-hmm. her. And um, uh, 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 Black Scale, yeah, Black Scale was was a um a monstrosity that I had found, and I tweaked some of the dragonborn stats to to fit it in, and then Yira had. She was the one that was controlling those rats when you guys were in the Undercity. Mm-hmm. So that was her power, but it also came with the curse side of things where she was this, this is, all kinds of tumors and it was yeah. slowly killing her. All of the curses eventually kill their targets, but the oh, benefactor doesn't oh. want that to run its course. Because <laughs> he can't get his stuff. Then he can't get, he can't his, get his power investment back. back. The curses are not... The curses are not a punishment, they're a consequence of imbibing sure. demon time. blood. Right. Yeah, it's your time limit. Right. It's a natural consequence of, of mixing blood with things that shouldn't be mixed. Cool. Don't put your blood together. So he could stave it off if it was worthwhile to him, but once it wasn't, he just, I'm done with you. Yeah. So Callum's like 13 or 14 to 16 weeks or something further ahead. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting to know... Which is why I want to know what happens to the baby. Mm-hmm. What you guys... The baby's cursed? That's what I want to know. The oh, baby blood. the baby was there when she took the blood curse. But the baby didn't make no decisions? True. 
Sometimes <clears throat> you must pay for the sins of your fathers. Or she she, she, she left that, that up to both. me. Hmm? She left that up to me. She said it oh. was a possibility, but she didn't. She wanted to be surprised by it. So, yeah, that's... which is why when he said, "All right, roll a Constitution check," and I'm like, "Oh, damn you!" <laughs> but that's the other question I had: is what did you give Mike about your characters, and we could all maybe weigh in on that, and then like what, you know, what wasn't there in the backstory that you were surprised about, or so like what was your. Uh, oh idea at the beginning and, and what was new to you throughout the course of the campaign i have that on my laptop but i don't have my laptop I, with say, me. I, ha- I have it right here i kept all your conversations regarding your characters oh nsa much mike <laughs> i i need notes i didn't <laughs> want to forget <laughs> no stop yelling at me <laughs> pretty much everything i said i had written before and then what i didn't know mike made into but you i mean even though that happened in session zero with your daughter and all that stuff but like that you knew you wanted to be in your character because i remember you were trying to flesh some of that stuff out before and there's some stuff you wouldn't tell me but i know Mm -hmm. there was echoes of that as part of your original story you gave me like uh uh broad strokes like you knew that your your daughter wanted to have been murdered by nobles Mm mm-hmm but as far as the, the, the specifics of how many, what it was for, all that stuff you left up to me. So Basically, I'm actually... She just wanted vengeance. I'm actually really proud of the sort of uh, 12 Days of Christmas thing that I wrote up for, for you. So it was 10 lords for reaping, nine spiders spinning, eight <laughs> snakes for skinning, seven thorns for thinning, six wolves for slaying, five doomed things, four crawling rats, three foul fiends, two stained with blood, and the last soul between you and me. Ah, that last soul between you and me came up again in the mm-hmm. finale tonight. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, I think most of mine made it in. Yeah. yeah. Well, but what, like, what was your initial things? Because I don't know, like, what you gave Mike at the beginning versus, like, what he threw at you to, you know, screw with you or whatever. Uh, nothing was really, like, I didn't know where we were going to take the warlock power. And sure. uh, I chose Great Old One. Uh, because I thought it would be funny. Like I had, I had an idea. Well, I had this idea that he, you know, he got the power because it came from the bedroll, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and because it was the cloak of some sort of cultist that was calling to this great old power. Which that cultist confronted you in one of your visions one time. Yeah, and, yeah. And and uh, and basically, I had this thing since I was a a, a baby, uh, and um carried with me the whole the whole life and because of that it gave that connection created that pathway created that mm. circuitry to create the power and it was not until he was an adolescent that it kind of came up you know he was he ran in to protect a village of halflings from a giant like a hill giant or something and and he won and the, it was the first time that he'd ever experienced you know like an eldritch blast and that kind of like so he was convinced he was a wizard mm-hmm. you know he, had, he was the only magic goliath he'd ever met yeah. Um. And the halfling seemed to support him in that thought, so like they went on with it, you know, um, in that in that village. Um, but yeah, he it was that was really the the crux of it. Um, was was based in that, and then we talked about the how did he get into prison? You know. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, but I I you know so there wasn't a whole lot left out or added added really with the rest of it, it was there to be added was right. was part of the the plot in in and of itself so um no because I, I, I felt like there was a lot more you know it was it was a just a, a relatively short paragraph of oh this is this is kind of it you know but you know I like I wanted to be the dumb <laughs> character and you know it's oh, it's, it's so much fun though. it's fun it yeah. is fun it's hard. 
because then you're like, I have a great idea. And you have to be like, oh, wait, I can't say that. Let me say something stupid instead. Yeah, I told Will, like, I don't think I can roll a low a character that's that low because I don't know how to play dumb because I'm dumb enough as it is. Right. Um, it's, it's, but I, I, I thought that was, uh, I was surprised how well it was woven mm. into everything anyway. So, um, yeah, that was, a, that was just a good job on you. Like great so. connections between yeah. the stories. Thank you. Like what I gave Mike was, I mean, Welby was older, so there was maybe more steps in his backstory, but the gist of it was, in my world, ghostwise halflings are not like tribal halflings, like they are in. I don't know if it's Sword Coast or wherever they're from. Yeah, the source material. Yeah, um, in mine, they're just any halfling who doesn't have a connection to their heritage, mm-hmm. because there's maybe like superstition involved with. Well, the parents got rid of them. There must be something wrong with them. Right. So it, basically, like a second class citizen is, is how I, I had it. So he was an orphan, a second class citizen and he uh as a boy went to cliffshire with a sailor who he had done some maybe maybe under the table work for or whatever just to try to get by and the sailor's like hey you want to go see a place that's actually full of halflings and he's like yeah that'd be cool so they went over and that's where he worked as a messenger boy for a few years delivering people messages from one place to the other in cliffshire and he went into one of the tall houses um there that sit on the edge of clifftop and looked out or, or there was a guy there who made him wait because he was still writing his message and um uh, he's kept apologizing to Welby and giving him tea and cakes and saying like eat whatever you want go out and sit on the porch and the half an hour or so that Welby waited for him to finish his letter was like the best half hour <laughs> of Welby's life because the chairs were his size. You know, everything was made for halflings. And the guy flipped him a gold coin when he left and he'd never seen that much money. He's like, this guy is amazing. He's rich. He has everything he would ever need. And Welby's like, I want to be that guy. So he worked in Cliffshire. And then when he came of age, he tried to go legit and like get a job or whatever, but he had no name. So he couldn't. So he left and he tried to travel for a while. That's when he went into the carnival and met Juniper. Juniper. And then when that disaster happened, he just went back to what he did when he was a little urchin stealing stuff. Because Mike asked, why would your character be in prison? I said, well, you know, he's not, you know, Mike said none of us played a rogue, but he really kind of was a a thief and an informant and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. and he, I said to Mike, like, he would have found the gods for a couple of reasons. One, when a bigger man's hands are around your throat, you find a god. And the other was he looked for a god of knowledge when he told fortunes in the carnival so he could do more than just cook at the carnival and actually help them earn uh, a living. And I didn't tell him anything about these gods, Forsetter and Demetas and all those things. Mike invented all of those, and they're such a cool pantheon, and it made Welby's uh, story, I think, so much cooler. And the other thing I told Mike, I said, whatever the gods tell Welby to do, he's probably going to do it because he wants to save up their favor so he can ask whenever he dies to be reunited, like with Juniper. Yeah. So I said, like, if you want to push him in one place in the story, tell tell him <laughs> that the gods want him to go there. And, uh, you know, so that's how he ended up with with you guys and, and where how Mike, you know, got him into the story with those cool gods. I did. Because you, the way you described Welby to me, that there was a fair amount of 
<clears throat> you know, between the, the I'll do favors for you, you do favors for me. Yeah. It was a fair amount of like chance and I wanted a little bit right. of that. And I, I held you to that a few times. I didn't want it to, to screw up the mechanics of the game too much, but like when you guys went to the Desert Temple, if you had allowed this many innocents to die, Demitas wouldn't listen to you as much. You would have had yeah. a D4 penalty to your heals. If you had used um, <clears throat> Inflict Wounds or more Necromancy spells, that would have been um, Itanandi helping and empowering that a little bit more. You would have gotten a damage bonus on top of that. But As soon as I saw you pull in Itanandi when I did the Raise Dead, uh -huh. stop preparing it. Right. I, I'm not casting anything. I don't want to touch this guy. He... He took people from me. That I, kind of thing. I so did. I did force setter first because I wanted there to be that. Because you described the the the, the weld Woden weld spell with the marbles augury augury yeah yeah. And I said that one reason people hired me was because I was lucky and they called right. me trinket and I hated it. So that's when I kind of yeah. made force setter and then Demitas because you know you're a cleric you're going to have healing spells so yeah. um, made her sort of the bastion of mercy and Thamea was for all of the outlandish lawful stuff and but Thamea and Dematos were actually more like two sides of the same coin mm -hmm. justice tempered by Versus mercy, mercy yeah. um Seth Ogma knowledge cleric you got to put something in there and I just wanted to screw with you a little bit with him mm -hmm. so it was like yeah sure stick your hand in a pot of boiling water because so the gods fun. have forgotten what pain feels I like they the, want to know look at the sun for me look at the <laughs> sun yes stare directly into it mm, five minutes should should suffice scribble 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 <laughs> you know yeah he was great and then uh, you know the, he was probably the, my favorite of them the long like, the long con <laughs> reveal was of course Zalmud Grand the benefactor being brought in but how do you spell that Zalmut Gran? Yeah. I have it. He spelled it for me. X-A-L-M-U-T apostrophe G-R-A-N. X-A-L what U-T? M-U-T. Okay. Oh, G-R-A-N. Oh, I got two U's. Don't mind. Uh, apostrophe, yeah. Gran. Was that pulled from anything? All of their names, I either bastardized Greek god names or... Like with Zamut Gran, it's a little bit of a little bit of borrowing from like Dragon Age and changing it and twisting the details a little bit. But like, you know, Dragon Age has a few demons in it, and they're very much the kind of if you know their name, then you have power over them, right. kind of thing. So, um, and Dematas <clears throat> can cause drowsiness, upset. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, there was a there was there was two Greek pantheon gods that I put together for her. I can't remember what they were, but Themea is along the same vein and. Uh, Forsetter was, I, I think, um, more than like Norse sounding, but um, yeah, they're they're all they all have real world counterparts that I got inspiration from, and most of the theme of of the campaign was like a little bit of Bloodborne, a little bit of Legacy of Cain. Um, in fact, the whole religion that your mom had, I pretty much ripped straight out of Legacy of Cain with the Wheel of Fate, yeah. um, the wheel going round and round. But then I decided I wanted to do the city of Chiron as like the big wheel of fate as well. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with your Pantheon. Were they, there was some point in the campaign that I was unsure if they were full gods if or if they were demigods. They are demigods. Yeah. And they are not sealed behind the celestial gates or they are? They are, I, they are all either... Um, incapable of leaving their so, so you, you you when you did your cosmology stuff yeah you have like these bridges yeah. between the realms they are bridge keepers 
Okay. They are not permitted to leave their posts, but they are okay. still allowed influence into the mortal get realm. To them, you could get to them potentially because they're not in the outer realms. So they're in the middle. Forsetter is a butterfly because I love the whole idea of games of chance being like a butterfly effect. Yeah. Um, Zalmogran, of course, is a fiend. Um, Dimitas and Thamea are both celestials, but Thamea is a is a, a mechanis. Celestial, celestial right. living in Mechanus, right? Um, whereas uh, Demitas is more of a, a Elysium kind of thing, and yeah, I had a lot of fun with them. Cool. I looked at, I stared at your friggin' uh, cosmology map for like hours trying to figure <laughs> that shit out. It's a weird, yeah, it's weird, yeah. and you're getting more of it coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. So. Yay. Because that's the simple version of the map. <laughs> I figured I didn't want to make them too big, so I didn't pull from any of the D&D source material because I didn't want it to be like, oh, well, this one's the Raven Queen. I don't have the right to speak for her. Right. But, you know, I figured minor minor deities operating in a very specific role, their job was to keep the Voidlings from coming in through their bridges. They were bridge keepers. That's what they did. So, Very cool. Yeah, I like how it's really going to connect to season three because you've already seen now, and we didn't plan it, but some of the stuff that I have for season three is about those bridges being violated. Hey, and stuff like that, you know, so yeah, neat. Um, that's what the strangers told you. Well, the stranger that you talked to is like these things aren't supposed to be here. Uh-huh. Um, so that wasn't planned, but it I could try to you know figure out how the stuff from this influences the stuff well, down the road. Zalmutgran, Sathogma, and um, Thamea, because they were, it was seven, seven god pantheon, so just a flat um, up and down vote, they lost, so they would be out of their positions now. Feel free to use that for fuckery if you want. Yeah. Um, the Grey Castles still worship Thamea. She's their patron god. Really? Of that sort of lawfulness beyond all goodness. Um, in fact, um, Sabine invoked Thamea's name in your one shot. I don't know if it came through that I don't blatantly that. or not. But uh, yeah, Sabine, with her being that divine soul sorcerer, her chosen patron is Thamea. Or I should say the patron that chose her is Thamea. So she's out of power now. but She's out of her responsibility. Her nature as of celestial gives her right. a certain amount of power. Okay. So she she was or is potentially an Elysium. Correct. Or Mechanus. Mechanus, that's right. The Demetas was an Elysium, which Correct. makes more sense. Cool. They would have been they would have been kicked off of their posts as bridge keepers where their actual whereabouts is is kind of Yeah, well they're not held there anymore. Right. Right. Cool. Okay. I'm taking notes now. <laughs> <laughs> scribble, scribble, scribble. Scribble, scribble, scribble. Yeah. Anybody got any other questions about the characters or the or the campaign? I almost did a wild magic sorcerer. That would have been fun. <laughs> I like it's always tempting. I like Thute though. Thute, no, as, as he is, is is fantastic. Well, and that was it was either way. The characterization would have been the same. It's just where the power come from. No, I mean even Thute is a warlock. As yeah. a great old one's warlock, that all works to his uh, within his character. I I like that about him. The mania. Mm. The yeah. mania, the, the mania was fun. The fact that you know he's got that certain level of otherworldly psychopathy now, the where he can sort of see now that did both. play out. Yeah, yeah, that played out. What kind of you see that the the, the veil is lifted, if you yeah. will. Yeah, that's kind of a fun. So, but no, that was great, man. 
Congratulations. Thank you all for being my players. I had a lot of fun with it. We were told today there were no good players at the table. (laughs) (laughs) It is on on tape. (laughs) I still want to know what kind of character I have to roll for that. I guess 14-year-old. He he gave us a naked infant child as the BBEG. <laughs> and then we pissed on it yeah. until it died. Yeah. Pretty much. That ending, to, guys. To wrap it up, guys. Man, everything about that the ending was perfectly on, on. By the way, the reason I wanted to wear the oven mitt, well, I was I had prepared heat metal, mm-hmm. and if I thought that the thing would... Everything would go wrong if Marina killed the prince with her dagger. I thought we'd give the benefactor what he wanted. The portal would open. So if she pulled the dagger out, I was going to... Or if he got the dagger from her, Mm -hmm. I was going to try to heat metal with it, run in with the potholder and grab it and run away. That's why I had freedom of movement (laughs) cast on myself at Sanctuary, all that stuff. I was ready to just... Book it out of there. Yeah, you, the you, you, you both kind of mentioned something to that effect about him wanting the dagger, and I was trying to keep a straight face. I was like, no, he doesn't give a shit about the dagger. He doesn't care at all. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's what we all... If know, anything, he would have probably been about. afraid of the dagger. But it worked. But yeah, I, I, I literally, I went through Pinterest and just grabbed a bunch of magic items that I thought were that funny. That sounds so strange to me. Because I just doing? hear all the housewifey... Oh, yeah. to Pinterest. Man, the Pinterest is great for, for like homebrew content as far as finding it. But um, and by the way, if if it, if it ever becomes an issue, I'd be more than happy to send you like all the originals with sources and stuff for the uh, for like the magic items because I, I didn't create them. They, yeah, I found we could them. post uh, post them in the show notes or something. Sure. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, and that just happened to be one. And it's like when you guys are looking through them, I was like, "Oh, I hope they pick that one. Oh, I hope they pick that one." Every single one of them was like, "Oh, that'll yeah, be so you had great." Those weird teeth. Yeah, no, you could have bit the vampire back. No, oh she God, I forgot about that goddamn ring. She, you, you, you didn't put it on yet, did you? <laughs> yeah, she you did. did. She oh, didn't let she me identify it. She just went have. in and took it. Oh yeah, Marina's been creepy as fuck for the last few days. <laughs> yeah. Forgot all of that. An extra that. row of shark teeth behind her normal teeth. But if she takes the ring off, then they slowly fall out one by one. Slowly. Oh, Over while days. Eating. Wash. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, that happened with Zeke. He he, he lost, lost his tooth. first tooth, and he was eating a cookie at the time. And Mark, ate it? Already told him the story. No, he bit down on his own tooth and was like, oh, this is a part of the cookie I don't like. And when he spit it out, we were driving in the golf cart, and that's when he realized... I lost my tooth. And he told me, he's like, Daddy, I lost my tooth. I was like, where is it? Where is it? I spit it out. And it's like 20 feet back. I'm like, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I searched like a half hour through rocks. Did you find just, it? No. Oh, I was going to say, wow. <laughs> I was like, it's, oh, your wow. first, it's my firstborn kid's first lost tooth. I have to buy a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> she just knocked out another one. <laughs> Same day. Is that how it works? Yeah. Same day. Just as good. <laughs> Even more memories. <laughs> this is the last day that you were with us. <laughs> oh, Take a turn. Up. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Happy birthday on Monday. Thank you. Yeah. Happy soon birthday. Yay. I'm going to ride. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Good work. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't sleep much last night because of the preparing DM anxiety. Yeah. No, I, I, I've had this prepared well, for like 
three sessions, yeah. but yeah, I wanted to put it down on notes and I did that in like an hour, but the rest of it was just me talking to myself and different <laughs> character voices in my head. That's the weirdest thing because you will go, I'll write out stuff and then I'll just not write down stuff, but it, it, like, why did I not write this down? You know, I should have done something. In, my my, in, most, my it, best ones have been in the head, but... The ones that ran the easiest uh-huh. were, like, typed out. <laughs> Invariably, when I leave here, I will have 15 ideas, and I'm driving. I can't put them down on anything. I have, like, a little voice yeah. thing, but, you know, it's a pain in the ass to use. Then I will have complete dry spells for, like, a week and a half, and then the night of, I'll have, I'll be so freaking stressed out that I'll obsessively force myself to think about it, but then the drive here, everything comes back. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I almost wish I had a drive before we played. Yeah. To, tr- to get everything back together in yeah. my head yeah. before like, we go. Before that we makes play. sense. Except for uh, last time I came out, or the last the last play session we had, I left. And instead of thinking about the next idea for this, because I already had it, I was talking to myself as Dern for like three hours. <laughs> <sighs> Dern will be back. Darn, we'll be back. Probably next session. He'll return in Octopussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we can get you back out here yeah. to play again soon. Thank you, sir. It's been fun. Oh, I'll miss Thoot, but I'll see you again. Toot. Okay, buddy. Toot, Thank toot. you. Yeah. Toot. 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 <laughs>